וגם אני פתאום רואה את This is your host, Rabbi Hillel Kappenstein, director of the Columbus Community Kollel, and it's a great honor and privilege to bring to you our first live episode of Kollel featuring Ohio State Buckeyes head coach Ryan Day. This, is a, this was a live event that we did a couple, um, couple months ago in March, the end of March as we concluded our raffle campaign and we invited Coach Day to pull the winning raffle ticket. Uh, but before he pulled the ticket, we were able to have a great conversation. We covered a lot of great topics, um, and I think there's a lot to learn from. You know, Chazal tell us, our rabbis teach us in Pirkei Avos, that who is wise, one who learns from everyone. Everyone, there's what to learn from. And I think there's a lot, I think that applies here as well. Um, what he teaches college students about hard work and the lessons that they should learn from the game of football on the field to their personal lives off the field. And there's a lot of uh, great lessons that he teaches them. And I, uh, I found that fascinating. And uh, I think you will as well. So without any further ado, allow me to tell you about our guest. <laughs> Ryan Day is in his fourth full season as head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. He was named head coach by Ohio State Senior Vice President and Wolf Foundation Endowed Athletics Director Gene Smith on December 4th, 2018. Day has guided Ohio State to a 34-4 and record in his first three seasons as head coach, a 23-1 and record versus Big Ten competition, including 23 consecutive wins and a 13 and 4 record against teams ranked in the top 25. He is the first Ohio State coach to win Big 10 championships in his first 2 years as coach in 2019 and again in 2020. He has also set the standard by leading Ohio State into the college football playoffs for two consecutive years. So th- th- this is a little hard to believe that this is real that coach day that you came to join us. You're originally from Manchester? Manchester, New Hampshire, yes, sir. Okay, so how, you've been here since 2018, 2019? So this will be year six for us, yeah, wow, my family. Wow. So what's it like in Columbus, Ohio? Well, uh, you know, for my family and I, uh, my wife and I grew up in Manchester, New Hampshire, and we were on the same t-ball team together. So um, we have the picture, and uh, it's actually, she's a twin, and uh, her sister is on one side of me, my wife's on the other side, and then there's like a gap between both of us because at that time we thought we, we had cooties and so we didn't want to, <laughs> we didn't want to, uh, get, you know, get too close to each other, but, uh, ended up uh, getting married and then, and then starting this, this crazy profession, uh, that is college football. Her dad was a division two basketball coach up in New Hampshire. And so she kind of understood what that entailed, but certainly not uh, moving 11 times in 15 years. And, uh, because of my family had to move a lot. Um, we grew up in, in a, you know, big families and certainly that was a big part of it. So, Moving along the way, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices made to, to get to this point. But what we learned when we got to Columbus is that it's a, it's a, it's a community. 
it's uh, it's 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 places like this that that make it special, and uh, that's the way that I grew up, and, and certainly have adopted it since we've gotten here. But we just really appreciate the the community feel uh, of Columbus and what it's done for my family. That's right. Now there is a real community feel here. You came from playing, uh, coaching for, doing some work in the uh, in the NFL, correct? Yep, came from the, uh, the Eagles and then also San Francisco 49ers. Right, right. So t- talk to us a little bit about the difference between the pros and college, that transition. Yeah, well, uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to the NFL, but I felt like there was the right challenge for me at the time was to go and learn about quarterback play and the, the pro passing game. And so uh, I went with um, my college coach, Chip Kelly, was the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I felt like that was a really good, stable place. And uh, we actually had a winning record that year, but he got fired. So uh, we kind of, my wife and I were looking at each other and saying, okay, what are we going to do next? Uh, and he got a job with the San Francisco 49ers. So we're going to get on a plane and go to San Francisco. So that was not easy. Um, and that year was a challenge. Um, and the same thing happened in one year. So what I learned in that league uh, is a lot of things. First off, the professionalism you have to bring every day. You have to be on your A game because it's, uh, it's, it's a very difficult league. Um, it's certainly a challenge, um, but it's, it's a job. And, you know, it's a business and, and there's grown men in there who, uh, you know, they're, they're getting paid every day and they kind of punch in and punch out. Uh, college game is very different. College, you have an impact on young men. Um, you can really, uh, you know, starts in recruiting and, and building relationships with families and, and these young men. And then as you come, they come into your, your family because they're going from their family to our bigger family. We have 120 guys on our team, 50 staff members in the building. And it is, it's a big family. And not everything's perfect. It's hard. Um, you know, we don't make any qualms about it. We have to win every game. That's part of the job at Ohio State. Uh, and with that comes a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of back and forth. But along the way, these guys learn different lessons. And you can be a part of that. Uh, it's hard to do in the NFL that way. Uh, that's the difference to me, the biggest difference. You have an impact on young men more in college. Okay, so now I want to talk to you a little bit about your relationship with the players. But the relationship with the players on the field and off the field. Are you just Coach Ryan Day, or are you a little more than just a coach? Do you have the relationship you know, about things off the field as well? Well, well nowadays, you, you can't just be the coach. Um, there was a time where you know, you used to say, okay, get behind the line uh, because I'm the coach, and, and they got behind the line and they listened because you were the coach. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, they want to know why do I have to get behind <laughs> the line. You know, they, they, there's just a different generation. And so uh, if you don't have great relationships with the players, uh, it doesn't work. So um, you have to create trust. That's and, the biggest thing. And, and, and creating that trust is, is, is big. It takes every day. And all it takes is one day to lose the trust. But once you have the trust of them, then you can really you know, move mountains. And how, how do you build that trust? You know, we say that really there's three things. And I think it's, it's the, the three C's to life in general in any type of relationship that we have, whether it's a work relationship or relationship with your family, is, is uh, character is the first one. You know, what is your character built upon? And you, know, you have to figure out what you want that to be. You know, is it integrity? Is it hard work? You know, and you have to really have conviction about what your character is, and then you go about you know building. And I think there's defining moments when you can really show your character. You know, for us, it's after a loss or after a challenging moment. And I think for all of us, it's you know we know when adversity hits. And I say adversity reveals character. The minute you hit adversity, you find out about people. You know, when things are going well, it's easy. But um, and so character is the first one. The second one is uh, connection. Is having a connection with somebody, you know, showing that you care about the person across. You know, there's really only one way to do that, and that's to spend time with them and listen. Now, and the last C is competence. And for us, you know, we have to know that we know what we're doing. We have to know our stuff when we show up every day because it's hard for someone to follow a coach if 
they look at them and they don't know what they're talking about. So um, the last C I say is consistency because you have to bring it every day. But those are the things that we talk about to build that trust. And once that trust is built, then there's love. And, and in our program, uh, we motivate through love, not fear, because we feel like love is something that can sustain for a long period of time where fear is, is not. It has kind of an end date on it. Um, and, and that's what we focus on every day when we go to the building. Wow, wow, very. So it sounds like you also covered my next question, which was about core values that uh, you try to bring. So we, I guess we could skip that one. No, but, no, I mean, I, I think there's, um, when we talk about core values for us, there's, there's certain things for us that are just non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Non-negotiable. What, what are the, they? the first one's honesty. Okay. You know, if you don't have honesty, then there's nothing. You know, we can get through mistakes, but a core value violation is a no-go. Uh, so honesty is huge, uh, huge. Second is treating people with respect. You know, especially for for our guys and for us women with respect. You know, if if you're if you're going to make a mistake in that area, then then that's a major problem that you're going to be in my office talking about. So that's huge. Uh, this, the third one is no drugs, and the last one, um, you know, is really no cheating. You know, and, and no cutting corners and no stealing. So, you know, if if you have an, an issue with any of those other things, we can work through those things. But those core value violations are a major, major issue. And so, um, you know, we don't we don't shy away from those things. And uh, I even share that with my family. I say, that, you know, these are the things that are core values in our our family. Um, and I think it's something you grab onto. How do you enforce that? No drugs, no cheating. How do you enforce that? Well, you just you do the best you can to just try to talk to them all the time about it. And then if there is a violation that you find out about it, you bring them in. Uh, we have a leadership committee that we uh, we can we'll talk about that some other time, but um, that we uh, we vote on, and everything goes through the leadership committee. So if there's an in, um, an issue with somebody on the team, we talk through it. Uh, I give my recommendation. If they agree with it, then we move forward. If they don't, I take some of their feedback. I don't always take their feedback, but a lot of times I do because if we're part of a team, then we all have to be on board with it. And that's the difference about fo- difference with football is that it's not track, it's not tennis, it's not golf. You're not there by yourself. You're part of a team. And so, um, you know, having that group mentality matters. Okay. And talk to us a little bit about recruiting. I mean, that's a big part of your job. Walk us through for those who aren't necessarily so familiar uh, what does that process look like? Uh, it's it's a lot. It's it's year round. Um, you know, we have to. It's it's about talent acquisition, and I'm sure that everybody who runs an organization has the same thing. They're trying to bring in great people, and so in the recruiting process, it starts early on. We try to identify uh, who they are as players and their their abilities, and then we go out to their high schools and find more about them, ask about them. Uh, it's kind of like an interview process on our end. Same thing with them, and then when they get to our schools. You know, we're going to show them all the reasons why, you know, we think that Ohio State's great. Uh, but we, we want them to come across and, and, and choose us. Because if they do and have conviction, they'll make it work when they get here. But recruiting's changed. And there's two things right now that are way out in front of us that we got to get addressed. And, and the big one to me right now is with name, image, and likeness. For our guys, it's, it's a whole, it's a game changer. Our guys can now make money off their name, their image, and likeness. Um, and, and they can transfer whatever they want now. So both of these happened right as COVID was hitting. Right. So... It's been kind of a whirlwind here, and, and the future's a little bit unknown. So uh, we put a, try to put one foot in front of the other uh, without really knowing what's coming next right now. But that's okay. You know, we're just trying to make the best decisions and certainly have a great university that positions us well moving forward. But uh, there's a lot of unknown. Right, but the NIL totally, you know, changed everything for you guys. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. And, and we, we've, you know, a lot of schools are a little bit ahead in that area because, you know, uh, for whatever reasons. But, but we have to catch up, and we are. We're, we're getting there. Um, and certainly there's a lot of people that are helping. So I kind of see life in a certain sense like a football game. 
you know, they're, you know, you got to work together with people. Um, one of my favorite lines, uh, I got this from a rabbi. His name is Y.Y. Jacobson. And he would say that in life, if someone's trying to, you know, they only tackle someone when he's holding the football. And that, that happens with leaders. Do you have any of, any of your own metaphors or your own applications to your own personal life that, like, you know, football kind of helped me, you know, have a perspective on that? You know, I, I think when you think of the game of football and just in general, um, there's nothing that's, that's more true. What I mean by that is, like, you can't fake your way through this game. You know, everything that you get in this game, you earn. And it will take you to your knees. I tell the guys that all the time. Um, you know, we don't play a lot of games. Basketball, baseball, uh, you know, lacrosse, soccer. These guys play games after games after games. We don't. We practice a lot. We train a lot for really for 12 opportunities in the fall during the regular season. And you're learning so many things on a daily basis about yourself. And if you don't put all that work in like this time of year, it's not going to show up in the first game of the year we play Notre Dame. But, you know, if you ever read that book, you water the bamboo. You're, for years, you don't see anything, but you're watering the bamboo. And then all of a sudden, after a few years, you start to see these things sprout out really fast. And you have to put that work in without seeing the results right away. And in today's society, you know, there's instant gratification all over the place. You have to put this work in without knowing exactly if it's going to work out. And our guys, they want to be assured that it's going to work out. And you don't know that. It only gives you a chance. But, but those type of life lessons are things that go on, and that's why there's such great husbands and fathers and citizens that come out of the game of football. Well, I want to talk to you about staying focused on the field. You know, sometimes, you know, you score a touchdown, and you want to celebrate. You got your, you know, your dance, your move. You jump onto the stands or whatever. Um, but then you run the risk of, like, uh, we still got a game to play. Can you talk to us a little bit? How do, you, how do you stay focused on the task at hand? You can't get too high, and you can't get too low when you're down. Yeah, so our guys, they want to go celebrate uh, in the end zone and do dances and kick the ball into the end zone and, and all that. And, and the biggest thing we just say, you have to have the discipline in that moment not to do that because uh, you're letting emotion play with you and you're not playing with emotion. And so um, this is just life. You know, we, we talk to our guys all the time about this, and I do, is that life's a roller coaster. There's ups and there's downs. And when, you, when you're down, the best you can do is just hang on. You know, trust the people that you love. And just hang on because eventually if you just hang in there and put one foot in front of the other, it's going to change. It's like the game of football. You know, when things aren't going well, just hang in there. Just don't give up. Just keep swinging. And that's life, right? And then as you start to get to those high moments, you've got to be able to enjoy them the best you can. But you also, you know, you can't rest on your laurels at that moment. You have to continue to be strong because eventually it may start to come down. So you have to be strong. You have to enjoy those moments. But at the same time, you can't get – you have to be humble and, and – and so we talk all, of, all, all along about that during the season is focusing on the process and not on the results. And if you're focusing on a daily basis on that process and every play like that, then you won't let the past you know, or the future really affect you. You stay right in that moment, and that's really what it's all about. I want, I want to go a little, a little deeper on that because how do you actually you know, keep your mind focused on the task at hand even when you're really, really down? And I'm going to try to give context to this question. I'm from Atlanta, and uh, I think it was in was it 2017? I think in that Super Bowl. Um, yeah, now, this is a bringing back. This is a lot of trauma coming back. But uh, uh, I think there was I think it was 28-3 in the third quarter, and I, I remember like I was getting texts right and left. My uh, my uh, my one year old had a, you know a Julio Jones onesie on, and you know it was it, it was like starting to become real. 
you saw Arthur Blank, the you know, owner, like walk pacing up and down, like he was ready to push the confetti button, you know, and celebrate. And then they came back, and it was heartbreaking. Not going to pretend, but the day after we were doing like a Jewish learning session with our Bexley uh, Public School boys, and I, and I couldn't help but say, "Man, Tom Brady, he didn't let himself lose focus. He just stayed, you know, right at it." Is there anything that you guys do to try to just literally tune out, whether it's the fans or the media, or just to really, you know, take out all that background noise? You know, I think Tom is is certainly very special in what he does, and um, if it was easy to do, everybody'd be doing it. But uh, but he's obviously special in that area, and I think you're right. Uh, I, I think the best you can do is just continually talk to your team about it, and talk to the people around you about it, and just make them aware and. When you recognize something that uh, isn't like that, then you then you address it. But well, we we use the term "win the moment," uh, win the moment right now because uh, thinking about the future, you have to plan for the future. But if you sit around worrying about what's coming tomorrow or anxious about what's coming tomorrow, then you're you're, you're wasting your energy. Like, and so I, I would guess in that moment, Brady was not worried about what was coming tomorrow. He was worried about that next play. If you think about the past, you just kind of get frustrated. Now, you have to learn from the past, but you can't focus your energy on the past because that's a waste of time too. And I'm, I'm, my guess is in that moment, he wasn't worried about being down and what happened the play before he was focused on right now. And so you know, that's what we talk about is winning the moment is just focusing on right now and doing the best you can in that moment. And it's something that I've done in my life is that when I feel like you know, we're playing against a really good team or we're playing in a really – you know, uh, you know, high exposure moment, or you know, a national TV in the national championship game, or the team up north, or or whatever that game might be, is the minute I start to figure, you know, what 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 if we lose? What happens if we lose? Don't worry about that. Just get back into your work and just focus on right now, because that's where you most you know, you focus your energy. That's where you're most efficient. So that's the term we use. Win the moment. A couple years ago, you at a press conference. I think it was a couple years ago. You finally started to talk about something that for a very long time you didn't want to talk about, and, and that was your struggles um, when you were younger in mental health. What was it that got you to start talking? Well, I think when um, you, know, you see the numbers that are going on in our society with everything going on, you know, it, it's, it's something that we need to address, and it certainly happens with our team, and you see that coming, you know, fast and furious, and a lot of people don't want to talk about it, and, you know, I didn't want to talk about it for a long time. You know, when uh, you know, my father passed and, and took his own life. Certainly, there was a there was a, a big problem there. You know, no one does that unless they have mental health issues. And I didn't quite understand that growing up. So there was a, a range of emotions that I went through. And I wish at that time I had a better handle on that. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's it's a great opportunity for people to see you know the Ohio State football players who are going through things like this. And you know, hopefully, it brings some attention to it that people are willing to go out and ask for help because. Uh, it's almost like the thing that we don't want to talk about, and it uh, manifests itself in a, a million different ways. Um, you know, suicide just one of them, but drug use and you know, uh, alcohol use or you know, depression, things like this. So, um, you know, we all have mental health, we all have physical health, and you know, if we can really focus on that and, and get to the point where you know, if somebody has cancer, you put their arm around them and you hug them and say, you know, you know, that, that's really awful. Let's get through this. You know, if you deal with some of these other issues, it's kind of one of those hands off things, and I, I think we're making progress. I think what people are doing in the city is great. I think we're probably ahead of most in, in throughout the country, and that's that's great to be a part of. And, and hopefully, we can help a lot of people along the way. Right, and, and I think you and your wife Nina started something, uh, got involved with On Our Sleeves uh, organization at Children's. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that's all about and what progress you think they've made. 
Well, they, they opened up the first behavioral health hospital in the United States for adolescents and teenagers, which is the second uh, leading killer for, for you know, folks in that age group. So um, it'll be great to see somebody, you know, somebody else open up across the country, a hospital that does that. It's hard to get a bed there right now. They're busy, uh, but they're doing great work. And, um, you know, it's, it's just an honor to be a part of it, and, and we're doing a lot of great work. And it's really this community that's built it because um, you, know, you can't operate something like that because it's really – they're not making money off of that. You know, you, you need the community to, to build something like this. And so, you know, hats off to Columbus and the, the difference they're making. And I guess my final question is what's your message to someone who's having, you know, going through something, whether it's a divorce, whether it's uh, bullying, some, whatever it is, and they need help and it, feel, it hurts, it's, it's tough. What's your message to that person? That that's life. Life's hard. Um, life is not easy. But you know, if you recognize that it's going to be hard, that there's going to be hard moments, um, and you kind of own those things, it helps you in, in that. Um, that you have to be able to lean on people and talk to people and, and just kind of, you know, make sure that you're communicating with those who need you. And, you know, those type of events can make you stronger because when you get through those moments and you get stronger, it's just like lifting weights. You know, if you lift, you know, on the bench press and over time you get stronger. If you, you know, run, you get in better shape. You know, if you work on your mental, uh, you know, capacity, then you get stronger in that as well. And, um, and so there's no shame in, in that. You know, it's, it's okay to ask for help, lean on the people you care for the most. Sometimes, like I tell my guys all the time, you know, you sprain your ankle, you get tape on your ankle, and, and you get it addressed. Same thing with maybe a little thing that's going on. But if you don't take care of that ankle, it could turn into a big, big problem. And so, you know, you want to get it addressed. Sometimes you tear your ACL, and it takes months to get over. And, and that's just the physical part of it. And you have rehab, and you have things. Sometimes you have medicine. Well, it's the same thing with your mental uh, capacity. And so when we just talk a little bit like that, you know, guys who are healthy, you got to continue to stay healthy. If you're healthy and you keep eating well and you keep exercising, good things are going to happen. And we just treat it the same way. You have mental health and physical health. And so I think more of an awareness is, is the most important thing for our guys. That's amazing. Wow. Thank you uh, for coming here and doing this with us. You see that behind you over there? Yeah. I think it's time to uh, turn the thing a little bit. Okay. But right before that, Oh, we have more tickets. Well, you know, this is actually a good time because this concludes the uh, annual raffle campaign for the Colel. And, uh, you know, this this campaign averaged, uh, I don't know, $55,000 so dollars a year. And uh, in 2019, in like the fall or... The fall of 2019, right here in the first row, a dear friend, Don Garlikoff, you know, had a vision to turn this into a matching campaign. And just like three years later, we broke our goal today. We're at like 360 or so thousand dollars. So we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of matchers here, a lot of matchers that are uh, that, that are here or watching online, and it's because of this idea of trying to leverage and incentivize and encourage people to give and give and give and get their friends to give that made this so successful. So thank you for everyone. And uh, I think, well, I'll spin it for you. Okay, that'd be good. And this is for two tickets to Israel. Wow. And I better big, dig deep here. Yeah, dig deep. <laughs> Israel. All right. How many am I picking? One? Just One. One. I hope you could read it. David and Debbie Grashen. Ooh. 
Are they here? All right. Well, Coach Day, thank you for coming here. Thank you for doing this with us. I hope this is the first of many uh, encounters we get to have you in the community. And thank you for your leadership on the field, off the field, in the community. Uh, you're an inspiration to everybody. Yeah, thanks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. To listen to all Colo's episodes and see upcoming guests, visit colopodcast.com. We are also on all podcast players. Type in Colo's on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, and Amazon. Share with your friends and please make sure to give us a five-star review. Kolotz is a project of the Columbus Community Kolel, a full-time Jewish learning center in Bexley, staffed with high-caliber Torah scholars. Ever since 1995, boys, girls, men and women from all backgrounds and affiliations have found many opportunities to connect with Torah and mitzvahs at the Kolel. Whether it's a study partner, an engaging lesson, or a program, the Kolel is your one-stop shop for all your Jewish learning. If you want to know how you can benefit from the Kolel, visit thekolel.org. That is T-H-E-K-O-L-L-E-L dot org and forever be inspired.